0: From our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, amen. The essential gospel for today from First Timothy can be wrapped up by repeating verse 11. But you, man of God, flee all of this. Pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance, and gentleness. This is the word of our Lord. I know you know the movie, because it seems like you can't go by a single weekend watching any of the common cable shows and not see it, Forrest Gump, see already there are images in your mind aren't there, 1994 that movie came out to some incredible success, and I think that most of the country was um, taken by this simple individual who seemed to be at the right place at the right time all the time. And yet, did you sense the theme that went throughout the entire movie? Now, I certainly have not attended any New York theater classes or study of filmatography or movie making, but that concept of running sure went through the whole movie, Right? Started at the beginning, where young Forrest had those contraptions on his legs that were supposed to help him with probably what I would consider to be an early case of polio, which never developed. And what does little Jenny say? Run, Forrest, run! And then throughout the whole movie, it seems like every time you turn around, Forrest is running. Football stadium. Crowd goes run and then stop because forest isn't so bright. Vietnam, he runs in and out, into danger, back out. And then, probably, what is unwittingly the carrying of the movie for no seemingly apparent reason, although if you watched the movie, you know why. Suddenly, he just gets up and starts running. Coast to coast. And when asked why he did it, Forrest just says, I don't know, felt like the right thing to do. You and I spend a lot of time running in our lives, don't we? Whether it's running because of our jobs, our families, our own personal interests are even just running because everyone else around us is running. We do. So much so that there may be people or times in our lives when they say, hey, slow down, take a break. Why are you running? The Apostle Paul talks about running in so many words. He does not even use the verb run. He uses a different verb but he allows us to take this reality of our lives and apply it to a very specific spiritual reality. And it has to do with the gifts that God has given us. Every material possession that we have and that which is around us. And the question that we need to ask ourselves are we running to or running from these things that would take the place of God? That's why the theme for today is, is the essential power to run. And only the gospel can give us this power. Because if it were left up to us, you and I would fall, or perhaps sometime in our lives have already fallen into the trap of the world to be all about the things that are around us rather than that which God has placed in front of us. Perhaps in the most, at least from my frame of reference, misinterpreted and misquoted verse of the Bible we have in our text today. In verse 10 we read, the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. How often haven't you heard this expression except that they will take away the word the love of money and they'll just say money is the root of all evil. Money is what causes divorces. Money is what causes you to lose your hair and gain weight. In other words, you fret, worry about gathering it so much that you lose track of everything else. But notice that that verse comes at the end of a paragraph in which God has already stated the truth for our lives. And this, this expression here is just that, that bookend to remind us that if we get caught in this trap, we've really missed it. And how often haven't we not seen individuals get caught in that trap? Perhaps you have coworkers who work like yourself, incredible amount of hours per week. Or students who spend an incredible amount of hours just studying because they want to climb their way in the class or just be able to get all of the information possible because they have a single goal. And that single goal is to someday enjoy it all. Whether it's retirement, people from my generation used to tell me that we'll just work and work and work because when I turn 66, I'm done working. And I'm going to enjoy it. People in my children's generation say, why wait till retire? Let's enjoy it now. Let's, let's travel. Let's, let's do it. Just do anything to have and, and, and enjoy everything that God has given us now. In fact, if you turned on the television this morning and searched for a Christian or so-called Christian preacher, more than likely his message would be that if you devote yourself to God and then put in the proper amount of your earnings into the offering basket of that given church, you will become rich. Theological terms would call it the prosperity gospel. There are a lot of individuals and a lot of organizations that love to live off of that prosperity gospel, but that's not the essential gospel. What does Paul tell Timothy and all of us at the beginning of our text? He says, but godliness with contentment is great gain. I could probably spend just 25 minutes on those six words alone. Godliness. In other words, the following of what our Savior Jesus Christ put in front of us, and not just as mindless robots, but the recognition, the realization that you and I are so sinful that we can't gain heaven for ourselves, but our Savior has given it to us as a gift. And therefore, in thanksgiving, you and I react to the forgiveness of sins that He has won for us, And we live it out in our lives. This godliness is connected with contentment. Happiness. Enjoyment. And yet if you and I talk to our friends and our perhaps relatives or or, or people around us. Rarely will anyone connect contentment with godliness. Rather... They do the opposite. They connect contentment to how many zeros are behind a number in your bank account. They connect contentment with how big your television is in your room. They connect contentment with the type of clothes you wear. And yet what does Paul say? For we brought nothing into the world and we can take nothing out of it. Think about that reality for a second. At your birth, you had nothing. And when you die, no matter what has happened, what has accumulated, or what can be attributed to you, the second that you die, it becomes meaningless. Therefore, if the whole focus on this earth In this world, in our lives, the whole focus is to be able to answer the age-old question that I once saw on the bumper sticker in a pickup truck in Texas. Who wins when you die? And right underneath it said, the guy with the most toys. Turns out that pickup truck was pulling a rather large boat that had fishing poles sticking out the side. He probably thought that he had won. Who gets the boat if he dies? He can't take it with him. Godliness with contentment airs the game. And in order for us to understand the reality of this struggle in our life, that's why the Apostle Paul turns and says, But the love of money, not the use of money, not the possession of money, but the love of money is the root of all evils. Why? Because it takes your focus away from God and puts it on yourself. And that's why the Apostle Paul says so very clearly, if you and I have clothing and food, we're content. I would dare to say that no prosperity preacher this morning would say that. I would dare to say that the majority of Christianity in this country of ours would look at us and say, you guys are the top. Because they don't grasp the essential gospel of this text. And the first reality is, how are we satisfied. Where's our contentment? Is it with the stuff or is it with the Christ? You see, you and I are in a battle. You and I are in a battle because God in his ultimate wisdom chose to make us his own. He chose to take everything that Christ did perfectly and give it to us as a gift. He chose to take every bad thing that we have done in our life and eliminated us. Eliminate that from our presence. He has chosen to make us his children. And because he's done that, he's given us a new man. A new man that continually exists alongside of that old man. A new man that is constantly clashing with that old man. Because that old man is all about me. But that new man is all about God. And that's why in the next paragraph, Paul reminds us, encourages us, and pushes us to run. Notice what he says. But you, man of God, flee from all this. Did you catch the word flee? Flee is not walking away backwards with your eyes intent on what is behind you. Flee is not get on the slowest bicycle and pedal in first gear. Flee is move as fast as you can Away! Paul says flee all this. In other words, every single opportunity, every single occasion, and every single temptation when our natural sinful self wants us to dwell on this earth and the things that this earth would give us. Paul says, flee. Run away. And because Paul understands that that this is so hard, he goes on to the next verse by adding another verb. He says, fight the good fight of faith. Now, sometimes as as new Christians, we're a little hesitant to use that word, fight. But the truth is, that's what's happening. Between the new man that, that God has placed in us because of baptism, the new man that totally, entirely, and completely follows Jesus, the new man that looks to the cross of Christ and says, that is my all, that is my salvation, that is my ticket to heaven, that new man is always battling. It's always going mano a mano, punch to punch with the old man. And if the new man doesn't fight, The old man wins. But where we understand the essential gospel comes from the power to do all this. How can you and I run away from the love of Almighty? How can you and I keep our focus on the cross? How can you and I fight the good fight of faith? It certainly isn't within ourselves. Naturally, it has to come from what Christ has done. Which is why in verse 13 Paul says, In the sight of God, who gives life to everything, and of Christ Jesus, who, while testifying before Pontius Pilate made the good of confession, I charge you to keep this command without spot or blame. No, the apostle Paul didn't say, Well, give it the old college try. Do the best you can, work your way towards it, and God will accept it. No. The essential power of the gospel to run, to flee, to fight is found in what God in Christ did for each and every one of us. Because the minute we think that we are going to Run away from all these temptations based on our own abilities. The truth is, we will be running. But it won't be a way. It'll be two. We're going to run right to the temptations. We're going to run right to the things that go against what God has. And our old man is carrying the day. But the essential power of the gospel, what Christ has done for us that he gives us, In love, allows us to do a 180 and run away, to put those things behind us and not turn around and look at them. It is the power of God that gives us that great opportunity and great strength. It's the power of God that have these three people stand up here this morning and confess faith in Christ, which is the same as yours. They never would have done that up to themselves. No one's going to walk off the street, come up here and do that. It's the power of God. It's that same power of God that he gives to each and every one of us to run away, to flee, to put that behind us, so that that new man is strengthened. That new man lives and keeps the charge, keeps the command without spot or blame. Because the new man is running to something else. He's running to heaven. He's running to eternal life. He's running to the place where we will be completely blameless. And that's his focal point. I ran track in college. I later coached track. I never told any of my runners when I was coaching, oh yeah, by the way, turn around and run away from the starting line. I always told them, keep your eyes on the prize. Run to the finish line. That's what God asks of us. And the beautiful truth of the gospel is that God strengthens us through that gospel to run to the prize. So the next time you watch Forrest Gump, Look at all the running. See it throughout the entire movie. In fact, I believe even from that little little, uh, uh, little chair he was sitting on in the square when he found out that Jenny only lived a, mile, a block and a half away, he got up and ran right over there. That's our Christian life. Running away from sin and running to God. And it's only possible through the gospel. Amen. Please stand. now Now may the peace of God which surpasses all of our human understanding, may that peace guard and keep our hearts and minds through Christ Jesus as we run towards him, strengthened by him. Amen.